Got it. <laughs> Honestly, Greg, you're doing a great job. You got thrown to the Lions this morning, and they they, they barely scratched you. <laughs> James Patrick Riley from Courage New Hampshire joins us for the history segment here on the Toronto Large Radio Show. Courage New Hampshire is the fictional story of a pre-revolutionary colonial town here in the Granite State based on Chesterfield out there in Cheshire County, the ancestral home of James Patrick Riley's family here in these United States. Uh, It's a fascinating look at the life and times of the pre-revolutionary colonies. They've developed nicely the many issues that ultimately pushed the colonies to rebel. You can learn more about that series and, oh, so much more at ColonyBay.tv. That's ColonyBay.tv. Join me in joining the colony. Trust me, you've done dumber things with $17.76. Greg, I know you, and I know you'd love this. So ColonyBay.tv. You will find that TV series amazing. You going to do it? He's nodding yes. All right. So joining us now is James Patrick Riley. Good morning, James. Is he there? Hmm. Put the music back on. I'll come back and take a look. Honor Flight New England is looking for World War II and Korean War veterans who want to travel to see their memorials in Washington, D.C. It's called a day to remember because we will never forget. The trip is provided at no cost to those who served. For a veteran application, visit honorflightnewengland.org. That's honorflightnewengland.org or call 603-518-5368. That's 603-518-5368. Honor Flight New England. James, we got you? We do. All right. So, good morning, James. Thanks for being with us this morning. Hi. Are we on? Or? We are on. <laughs> we, we, have, uh, we have a brand new board operator filling in on short notice for us this morning. So, we're, and I'm not sure of all the details over there. So, I'm trying. We made it work. It's like the blind trying to guide the blind. Ah. Anyway, so, James. High tech. We got you. I got well, all the. Oh, uh, 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 Yeah. Good morning, James. Nice, nice, clear connection, at least. Yes. Well, thank God for small favors. Well, um, this morning, a little bit of news from New England. Um, This is a street fight to begin with in uh, Providence, I believe, and um, in the fall of 1774. On Tuesday evening last, about 9 o'clock, one Henry Preston, alias John Taylor, a journeyman barber, having, as is supposed, drank rather freely, attacked sundry people in Waybosset Street and badly wounded one man on the head with a club. He afterwards proceeded to challenge and grossly insult and abuse a number of others. When Mr. Ebenezer Ballard, Hatter, who was at work in an adjacent shop, hearing the noise and being informed of a pers- that a, per- a parson was knocked down, ran immediately into the street, hastily catched up a stick, and struck said Preston on the head, which was unhappily, which unhappily put an end to his life about seven hours afterwards. Mr. Ballard immediately surrendered himself to justice and appeared to be penetrated with the deepest sorrow for the death which he had so suddenly and unpremeditatedly occasioned. He is to take his trial at the Superior Court of Judicature in March of next year. And interesting, I thought a number of counts is that um, uh, this is uh, apparently 
someone um, just um, overcome with um, because of liquor, apparently um, just total ill will for anyone he, he saw. He was basically attacking anybody in the street, and then uh, an adjacent uh, journeyman uh, to put an end to it with a stick, and then submitted to justice. So, one of the research project. I'd like to see what how they. Uh, I don't know how the outcome of that trial was the next year, whether there was any mercy given the um, uh, this hatter who was next door. But anyway, a little street violence. And then I got some news from Portsmouth, Rich. Um, this is uh, this is at the time when Boston was basically um, receiving entire regiments of British soldiers that the king was um, sending as many, I think, as 10 to 12 regiments to Boston. So there was a great shortage of housing for them there. And this story is from Portsmouth in October of 1774. Whereas there has been a report prevailing in this town for some days past that a number of artificers have been procured at the town of Woolsboro. And you'll recall that was um, uh, John Wentworth's uh, country seat at the time. And the town thereabouts, by some person or person under the crown to assist the troops now at Boston in building barracks. And contrary to the opinion of our brethren there, the Committee of Ways and Means for this town, having met to consider of the same and having great reason to believe the said reports are true and thinking it our duty to bear testimony against such proceedings, do resolve as follows. So this is kind of um, a formal boycott or, uh, or, um, or shunning proposal. That is our opinion that the person or persons, uh, whether under the crown or no, uh, who have been so cruel and unmanly as to engage artificers in the province to give the least assistance to the troops now at Boston, um, that therefore we should consider them as enemies to the community. So that so anyone who helping build barracks for the king's soldiers be considered enemies to the community. The second resolution, that is our opinion that those men who have been so base to undertake as our officers, and thereby reflecting not only on their respective towns, but the province in general, should be considered as enemies to our liberties, and should not be received at their return as members worthy of society. So uh, if, if you knew one of these men, you weren't to keep any company with them. And the third resolution is, that is our opinion, should those artificers on re, uh, reflection find themselves Im imposed upon by their employers to undertake a matter which is so disagreeable and determined to leave such scandalous and return to their respective habitations immediately, may be received to the friendship of their townships, but if not, should be considered as in the second resolve, i.e. enemies of the country. I was, I, interesting, and um, they didn't leave uh, boycotts or non-agreements um, as an informal matter. They actually adapted resolves, which, which made uh, anyone who opposed to them basically not worthy of society. I, I was thinking in this, um, in the... Um, Aftermath of this uh, shooting in Las Vegas, um, there are, uh, is just some uh, irresponsible condemnation of the NRA and anyone who's um, a member of the NRA is persona non grata. So basically, I was just saying to my friends, look, if you don't believe in my right to self-protection and to protect my family, I, you're not worthy of my friendship. You know, <laughs> I, 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 That's not really a, a matter for debate. And I think that one of the ways the colonists uh, basically persuaded to make the holding of some opinions so obvious that they weren't worthy of society and they're declared enemies of liberty. And um, 
I think sometimes when you're talking to people um, who categorically reject your right to defend yourself, the best thing you can do sometimes is say, look, then you're not worthy of my friendship. If you don't think that I have a right to protect myself, um, you basically don't think I have a right to life. Hmm. Well, we all know what certain people think of the right to life. So it's no, is it, is it any wonder, and James, I'm sure you'll have something to say about this, but it kind of mystifies me that the same people who think it's okay to kill an unborn child in the womb are generally speaking the same people who want to disarm the, uh, the, the country. Um, and, and I, well, I just directly it, connected. Yeah. What's that? They're directly connected. All I right. Mean, explain. If, if your culture is so coarse as to kill babies, I mean, there's, there's no doubt that it can produce monsters like this one who could indiscriminately kill uh, people in a crowd. No, you but know. What, I, what I'm trying to say is it, 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 the corollary between those who support abortion and those who oppose gun rights is to me one that shows an inherent disrespect for life under the guise of protecting people. Right, right. I mean, I think that um, – uh, if you could somehow um, give an infant in the room the uh, ability to protect itself, you know, I mean, um, I, I think, you know, against the surgeon's knife, it would cut it to pieces. I mean, I, I think that, um, you know, it's 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 very apparent that people who disrespect life disrespect uh, Second Amendment rights because they just don't believe people have the right to protect themselves. In fact, Don Lemon, he had an outrageous statement um, uh, the other night. He said, um, I can't quote him. Precisely, but basically it was of, of, of this nature. He said, I can't believe we give the ability to kill this many people to someone who doesn't have a uniform and a badge. <laughs> I, I was dumbfounded. I said, I turned to my wife and said, did he, did he just say that? <laughs> and, and he did. Repeat that again for people who are trying to get their heads wrapped around it. He, he said, I can't believe we give the power to kill so many people to someone who doesn't have a uniform and a badge. And that was Don Lemon, CNN commentator. Right. Well, that'll right. teach you to watch CNN, James. <laughs> it was a, a, that news cycle, you know, how Fox repeats later in the evening. And so I'd, I'd seen all of those shows. And so I thought, <laughs> I'll see if, um, if CNN has anything to say. And, of course, they didn't. I mean, that was the sort of stuff he comes up with off the cuff. and But it reflects it. A, a status prejudice that's just um, beyond belief. I mean, he, he actually believes that that power to um, to destroy, I mean, dozens of people's lives should probably rest uh, only in the state, someone who has a badge and a uniform. Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> how, and, but this is where people forget their history. Uh, forgetting their history is a problem because it was the very abuse of uh, civil authority in uh, places like England and throughout the rest of monarchical Europe that uh, led to the founders saying, nope, had enough of that. If you're going to come to my door with a gun, you're going to meet a guy behind the door who's got his own gun. Thank right. you very much. Well, and, and, you know, the other thing, too, is that, I mean, a- any strategic planner, with, I mean, a military planner in China or any potential enemy we may have over the course of the next century, one of the things that they routinely assess is that the fact that Americans are so well armed that that if they had to clean up um, one of these towns in Montana or Colorado, they would be facing a populace that has a lot of weaponry, and that was and knows how to always use it. <laughs> always the reason for having it is that we should have a you know dozens and dozens of people well armed so that they can assist um, their local police departments, their local sheriff's departments 
in, in the event of a major incident of civil unrest or the uh, attack of a foreign enemy. And um, the, having to explain that to these mind-dead millennials um, gets a little <laughs> tiring sometimes. Uh, well, you know, and, and unfortunately, you know, history is like a language. If you don't start teaching it accurately when when people are young, right, then they the 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 misconceptions of what it was, what it is and what it means embed themselves. And it's like trying to get a tick off a dog. It's it's not going to it doesn't work well. And when it comes off, there's usually a lot of blood and, and uh, you know. Yeah, a crater that's well, going to be fixed. And I think too, in the arguments, is that, that typically, um, typically they they point to Australia or England or Western Europe, and they talk about the lower incidence of um, of uh, random attacks such as this one, or homicide with with uh, firearms. And the reality is that North Korea is hugely peaceful on that front. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, well but yeah, they again, just use anti aircraft weapons over there. Yeah. Well, no, but but, but it's it. Uh, it's not true, though, that there there are lower. Uh, tell that to all the people who've been killed in box truck and knife attacks and gas attacks in London. Right. Uh, yeah, but but even even if we did have to endure um, a certain amount of violence associated with with firearms, the reality is: Do you want to live in a society that values your right to protect your life, or would you rather live in a police state? I, I would rather endure the dangers of living in an armed society. Than live in the, the the false peace of a North Korea, right? Yeah. When oh. seconds count, the police are always minutes away. That's that's true. And I had a very interesting conversation with former police chief uh, uh, Dave Mara about that and whether or not there should be armed personnel inside of schools where teachers should carry. But he said, "Well, we're only five minutes away." I said, "How many?" And I looked at him right how across the rounds, table. Yeah. I said, "How many? How many? How many shots can be fired in five minutes, chief?" And he he all of a sudden he went, "I see what you mean." All right, so I'm looking at the clock. James Patrick Riley, as always, pleasure to have you with us. Thanks, Rich. All right, we're going to take a final check for, well, I don't know what we've left time for, so I I think I'll just take the remaining time here to uh, thank Greg Mason for uh, coming in to bail us out this morning. Greg, I know you probably like... I left some water in the bilge, I think. (laughs) (laughs) You know, you probably like the cat in that famous George Carlin skit after he runs into the sliding glass door. I meant to do that. It looks around, goes behind the couch, bleeping meow. (laughs) You did well, my friend. Listen, I've had to run the boards and be the guest on days where Josh couldn't get out of his, uh, you know, driveway. That's impressive. Yeah. So I, I know your pain back That's there, impressive. but uh, you did an admirable yeah, job. We well, thank you we'll for do stepping it again up to the plate and uh, for helping us be on the air this morning. That is no small thank you, and it is no small task. It is sincerely appreciated, as is your listenership here at the Dread at Large radio show. Monday, Dr. Jeffrey Zarnick will be in. We launch a new segment Monday morning. Steve McDonald's back. It's going to be called No Safe Spaces. Ava Casillo-Turgeon will be in for the ins and outs of immigration and Kimberly Moran will join us for Politically Buzzed. Plus, we expect to be airing the uh, redo of the interviews with Dr. Julianne Cooper on the purpose point and meaning of Columbus Day, the real history of Columbus and what's being recognized. That and oh, so much more. I'll be back with you on Tuesday. But for the rest of the show, for the rest of the time, for the entire team here at Trout at Large, and it's a much bigger team than you'd think. I am your ever humble host, Rich Gerard. Thanks for tuning in. Until Monday, be good, be well. Don't do anything we wouldn't do. We're proud to have the audience. Thanks for being there. Please remember our sponsors. Give them the first opportunity to earn your business and let them know you heard about them on Gerard Large. 
It matters. Have a great weekend, everyone. Stay dry. WLMW 90.7 FM. It's uplifting and powerful, and it's a good message all around. New Hampshire Family Radio. It's just a good station to listen to.